Hi. This is Angelotta. Welcome to another edition of Sadistically Speaking. This is episode 39. I demand a Polish-Belgian superhero. Here's a revelation that will be unsurprising. I was a bit of a geek slash nerd growing up. And one manifestation of my geekiness and nerdosity was that I collected comic books. I loved comic books. And I was one of those nerds who had the plastic bags for storing them. I even gave a 4-H speaking contest talk on the history of comic books. Let me say that again so you can absorb the total geek of that sentence. I gave a 4-H speaking contest talk on the history of comic books. Now, while you're being judgmental, don't be a player hater. I made it to the state finals with that talk. And I lost at the state finals because I said that collecting comics was more funner than other activities. More funner. Ouch. So I lost to some douche kid giving a speech on the life of Theodore Roosevelt with over-the-top hand gestures for every sentence. Arr. Double ouch. Anyway, back in the days... My friend Davey and I would walk the mean streets of De Pere, Wisconsin and talk about rumors of actual superhero movies coming out. The Christopher Reeves Superman had come out in 1978, but that didn't really count because I was more of a Marvel Comics fan than DC. And if you don't know the difference between Marvel and DC, then a pox upon you and your household. Of course, we're now awash in superhero movies from both Marvel and DC, a dream come true, and honestly, I dislike most of them. I've probably seen nearly every one, but most of them are disappointments. But I'm guessing if they had appeared in 1980, I've gone apeshit over them. But one thing I would not have guessed about superhero movies in 1980 was the amount of identity politics that would be associated with them. So, this rant is brought to you by the fact that I got riled up reading an article in one of my men's fitness-slash-health magazines, which I affectionately refer to as my gay porn magazines because there's always a half-naked guy posing on the cover. I subscribe to them now, get them delivered, because it was too difficult to go to the grocery store and get them and try to maximize my heterosexuality. Like, hey man, chicks are cool, right? Give me some chips and salsa and burgers, and here's a magazine with a half-naked Henry Cavill on the cover. Anyways, this current magazine has a half-naked Simu Liu on the cover, and he's the star of the upcoming Marvel movie Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So the article in this magazine is supposed to be just a puff piece to sell the upcoming movie, but it starts with a sentence, all in bold, Your Reflection can be lonely. Then it goes on for several paragraphs talking about the sad world for a child who doesn't have superheroes in movies that look like them. You see, Simu Liu, if the name didn't give you a clue, is Asian. Chinese in particular, though raised in uh, Canada. And because superheroes are mostly white, he's had a really rough time with life. The article actually has this line in it. (laughs) This is good. They're watching the same TV shows, playing the same video games, 
in awe of the same superheroes as you, except the stars look like them. So heroism in everything from freeze tag to cops and robbers is their birthright. Holy shit. The basis of white privilege is right there in front of us. Superheroes. Now, I'm going to skip the obvious here, which is that Simu Liu was raised in Toronto, which is one of the most multicultural cities in the world. I'm also going to ignore the fact that most of the video games that he would have grown up with, like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, are stocked with Asian characters. Because I don't blame him. I blame the writer of this article. Because the entire article, and even the headline and the cover magazine, are all about pointing out that he is the first Asian to be in a superhero movie. As if this is an important moment for civil rights and race relations. First... I'm sure this claim is untrue. If you actually spend any time looking at the backgrounds of the actors in the other movies, I'm sure there's some Asian in there. I mean, off the top of my head, I know that Dave Bautista, who plays Drax in the Guardians of the Galaxies movies, he's part Filipino, but whatever. Who cares? I thought, I thought that what we wanted was a society where we didn't define people by silly boxes and categories like race, race and ethnicity. I can't say race and ethnicity together because I end up saying race and ethnicity. But race and ethnicity are supposed to be false categories. So we don't want to define people in those ways. So what are we going to do about it? Well, what we're going to do is emphasize at all times their race and ethnicity. This article isn't about how this guy got into shape to play this martial arts character. It's a constant reminder that he is Chinese. Even though he's raised in Canada since the age of five and his father is Indian, we have to categorize him as Chinese and then celebrate that he broke through the white privilege to be in a superhero movie. And, by the way, to make him feel at home in his superhero movie, we'll get an Asian guy to direct it to make sure it's Asian. So the director, Destin Daniel Cretton, a very Asian name, Destin Daniel Cretton, Born in the U.S. and his dad was Irish Slovak. But his mom had enough Japanese in her so that he looks Asian. So there you go. Now, I was excited about the Shang-Chi movie when it was announced. And by the way, I'm going to go with Shang-Chi, even though I've never actually heard it. And I only read it from when I was like eight. And that's what I'm going with. And I'm sure at the time I called it Shang-Chi. All right. Let me nerd out here a bit. I was excited when this movie came out. Shang-Chi is one of the lesser appreciated Marvel characters, but I and all the other geeks I knew loved him. Uh, he was in a comic called The Hands of Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu, and he was badass. He appeared in Marvel Comics in 1973, that's when he started, and he was clearly inspired by Bruce Lee and the David Carradine character in the TV show Kung Fu. Now... He actually doesn't count as a superhero because he doesn't have any superpowers. He's just a kick-ass martial artist. The character was created by two white guys, and he's been a part of the Marvel Universe ever since. Now, it would be a real injustice to think that he was created as either a marketing scheme to get more Asian kids to buy comics, or as an attempt uh, at racial inclusion and social justice. 
He came out of the profound impact of Asian martial arts movies and that mystique on American culture, and we ate it up with relish without being told how woke we were for accepting this Asian character. Now, I'm sure some of the aspects of those 1970s comics, I haven't gone back to look at them, but I think they might have been a little naive about Chinese culture. But my real concern is that this new movie will be so intent on being a movie about an Asian, in caps, hero, as opposed to an Asian hero, in caps, that it will become racist in its own right. The best thing you can do is to make us forget that he is Asian, right? He's just a hero, right? Accept it, right? But they won't. They'll keep reminding us because of the state of the current culture. In an attempt to relieve people of their identity boxes, we must keep reminding them of their identity boxes. Now, my pessimism comes from previous attempts at the identity superhero movie. And the most obvious parallel is with Black Panther. Now, Black Panther was hailed as revolutionary because it was allowing black people to experience a black superhero. Finally, their lives will be complete. Of course, it failed to acknowledge um, Halle Berry as Storm in the X-Men movies, Zoe Saldana as Gamora in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, Idris Elba as Heimdall in the Thor movies, Michael B. Jordan as the Human Torch in the Fantastic Four reboot, Don Cheadle as War Machine, Anthony Mackie as Falcon, Samuel L. Jackson as the originally white Nick Fury in every fucking movie, Will Smith as Deadshot in Suicide Squad, and Wesley Snipes as Blade in three fucking movies called Blade. And there are shit tons of others, but I got tired. That's where I'm going. Anyway, so they want to make this movie about a black, all in caps, hero from Africa. So to get the essential black African experience, they get South Carolina-born Chadwick Boseman. But to make sure it's going to be a black production, they also get a black director. Asian superhero, Asian director. Black superhero, black director. Did the same thing from Wonder Woman. Female hero, it's time to bring us in a female director. So much for a world moving beyond the boxes. So let me nerd up again. The Black Panther in the comic books was created in the 1960s, actually prior to the Black Panther movement of Bobby Seale and Huey Newton. Again, it was created by some white dudes. Stan Lee. Anyway, he became a very popular character amongst us mainly white male kids who were into Marvel. He was one of my favorites growing up. But it wasn't because he was black. He clearly was. And he was from Africa. And they added many of the elements in the story to make it the case that you knew that was true. But it was not a social justice argument. So, along comes the movie. And it's hailed as this amazing achievement because it's about black people. And they want you to know it. And you know what? I found it one of the most racist movies I've ever seen. Now, some of the problems with the story come from the original comic, which was written by a Manhattan kid, Stan Lee, and his view of what Africa is like. But the movie doubles down on these when they are necessary. So, for instance, they make the Black Panther King of Wakanda. Now, in the comic book, he was head of the tribe in Wakanda, and that's fine. But we Americans especially white, but I'm guessing all Americans, 
have this view of Africa of being reigned by kings who take their, for, uh, their power by force. The kings of Africa. So how many mar- monarchies are there in Africa? Well, today there are only three monarchies in the 54 countries in Africa that maintain some sort of monarchy. And even if you look at previous monarchies of the 20th century that were abolished, there are only seven more. There were seven other monarchies that have gone away, and there are currently only three for 54 countries. Now, let's look at Europe. Europe has 50 countries. How many monarchies? 12 extant monarchies. And you don't need to be much of a history buff to know how much of European history was dominated by the ruling of monarchies. Rule by a king is a white European shit. It's decidedly not African. To make T'Challa, the Black Panther, a king of an African country in the 20th century is offensive. But wait, not that offensive. Let's figure out how they choose their king, according to the movie. Oh yeah, not racist at all. They strip down and get in a pool of water and fight to determine who the ruler is while people chant in colorful clothing. Are you fucking serious? Wakanda is supposed to be the most advanced civilization in the world, but they determine their ruler by naked wrestling in mud. I can't even. And then when they're attacked and they have to fight a war, this most advanced of all societies, they literally chuck spears. Imagine if a white child wrote a story of a modern African country that had a king determined by naked mud wrestling who fought their wars by chucking spears. That kid would deserve some racial sensitivity training. Thank God they hired black people to make this movie. And by the way, how did Wakanda become so amazingly advanced? Well, in the comic book, T'Challa sells some of a precious metal that came to Wakanda in a meteorite. It's called vibranium. It absorbs vibrations, landed in a meteorite. He sells that to various countries in the world in order to fund the development of advanced science and technology in his country. Smart. Give your people some resources, they will develop the great technologies in the world. That's how white-ass Stan Lee wrote it in the 1960s. Now shift to 2018, and black director-writer Ryan Coogler suggests that the advanced technology of Wakanda developed from the presence of the mysterious magical vibranium. It gave them this great re- these great resources from the beginning. You can see at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, no longer is it the result of the natural intelligence of the people of Wakanda and the foresight of their leader. They just happen to be the lucky recipients of a magical power from above. That's how they rose up. That's the message. A magical power from above raises you up. It would seriously take a shit ton of effort on my part to come up with something more demeaning, undermining, and essentially racist than this Black Panther plotline. And I'm not even getting into the fact that one of the tribes in Wakanda actually barked like dogs and that they got rid of the Black Panther's traditional comic book villain who is white 
in favor of making a black American inner city guy from New York into the ultimate villain. But hey, lots of black people on screen, so that must be revolutionary and it must be progress. I hope I'm wrong, but I have a feeling I'm about to get a Shang-Chi who is not the martial arts badass that I fell in love with. I have a feeling that the attempt to make this movie groundbreaking will result in so many Asian references that we'll end up with the same thing as we did with Black Panther. A highly acclaimed film that doesn't correct any of the ridiculous stereotypes of the comic from the 70s, but actually adds to them. I can't wait to see him eat with chopsticks and sleep on a wooden pillow while manipulating the coronavirus in a lab. Pass the tequila. Out!